one 9646 is the number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots to get through today. The week that was, we'll get to the injury calculator. Some details on that. Got uh, James here in Savannah, of course. Guys, started off. What do you got uh, for the week that was, brother? All right, John. Uh, I'm going to uh, start us off here. I got an email um, last Saturday evening. I was actually at a wedding, and uh, I-, I looked at my uh, uh, phone uh, to my wife's chagrin, and uh, saw this email, and I had to I had to finish reading the email. And and let me let me read it to you. I'm not going to say the name of this lady who emailed it to me, but let me read you the email. Here's what she writes: Hello, it was suggested that I send you an email to find out if there's anything I can do to speed up uh, the claims process. I've been off work and very ill since October of 2016. I returned to work at the end of February part time, and two months later, I was back in the hospital had surgery in the middle of May and applied for LTD benefits through my work. I've been very good at responding to communications and providing the forms needed to the insurance company. Initially, I wasn't receiving communications back, but after speaking with the manager, this was rectified. Uh, He said that he was going to pass the information along from my family physician to their doctors without the supporting documentation and that, that they will make a decision as to whether or not they can backdate the claim with the information provided or if he would need the forms. Since I've been off work since May, sorry, I've been off work since May and I'm not eligible for government provided benefits, I've gone through all my savings with no end in sight. Now listen to this, John. Okay. Last paragraph. I'm currently unable to drive and I'm fed through a tube. I'm hospitalized two to three times a month, often for more than a week. I'm wondering if there's anything that I can say to the claims adjuster or do so that I can speed up this process. Otherwise, are you aware of any benefits that I can apply for in the meantime? I'm currently unable to get all of our medications month to month. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to even pay for my car insurance next month. So I got this. Okay, right. I'm in the middle of a wedding. My wife tells me, put the phone away. I tell her a little bit about the facts without revealing the name of the person. And she says, okay, you know, deal with it. You obviously have to respond to this person. Wow. So, yeah, uh, this is, you know, sort of my style. I, you know, I'll do it, uh, especially when I get an email like this. So let's digest this. You're dealing with someone who clearly is unable to go to work. This person is hospitalized several times. Fed through a tube. Uh, fed through a tube. What is going on here? She applied in May for LTD. We are now in November. So, of course, we emailed back and forth. I found out she's 29 years old. She's a dispatcher. Long story short, I told her, I want to see the communications back and forth between you and the insurance company. I want to see some of the medical documents that you've sent them, which probably clearly says that she's unable to work. And I said to her, let me get involved. I won't charge you a dime for this. Let me communicate with the adjuster and give them a deadline by which to respond. And here's the reality, John. If they don't respond by the deadline, we will start a legal claim. And I can tell you, I don't know what is going on on the other side there. I don't know if they're just uh, prolonging this because they just they want her to give up or it's just mismanagement and bureaucracy. I don't care. This lady is unable to sustain herself financially. She's dealing with all the health issues that she has. It's completely unacceptable. So we're going to help her. We're going to be in communications. We're going to figure out what's going on here. But... Again, just to, to, to just outline some of these cases that come across our desk, it's, it, it will blow your mind. It, you know, I, I can't talk about everything uh, because there's just not enough time. But if you are in that situation, if you know someone who is in that situation, tell them to contact us. You know, the way I started this email, uh, reading this email, she says, it was suggested that I send you an email. So someone must have mm-hmm. heard about yeah. our show, about me, about our firm told her to communicate with us. We will be able to help her. And that's what I want to tell people out there. Perhaps it's not you. Perhaps it's a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, someone that you know that may benefit 
from speaking with us just so we can give you your legal options. If you're denied, cut off LTD. If you've been injured, if you've submitted a claim back in May and we're in November and you're not getting anywhere with the insurance company, communicate with us. The insurance company can't just drag this forever. It's unfair and they're not allowed to do this. I think they're assuming that the uh, individuals are going to throw their hands up going, I'm, I'm, I'm done, nothing I can do. I very guess I'm possible. not getting anything. Right? Very, and they'll wait possible. it out. Like you said, James, you said before, they, they just they keep stalling until that two-year mark is over and so on and so forth. Right? You might be giving them too much credit. Um, <laughs> it, it may not be even calculated. It right. may just be the fact that these adjusters often are handling far too many cases than they can possibly put their attention to. Um, I may be giving them too much credit by saying that, but uh, you know, whatever the reason is, there are some cases where there's ambiguity and there's an argument to be made, but this does not seem to be one of them. Right. Um, so I can only believe that they really just, for whatever reason, haven't turned their mind to it the way that they should have. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Take a short break. And his email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked it out already, we'll get into more detail. But you can have a look while we uh, sit and chat. Injurycalculator.ca. Find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number to get a hold of Savannah and members of his team and uh, help in the insurance lawyer.ca through email as well. James, you got uh, something to add for the week that was, yeah? I sure do. Um, so I heard back from a client uh, or a former client of mine. Um, so this gentleman had been in a car accident about four or five years ago. Uh, and so he had a legal claim against the driver of the other car. He broke his back um, and had some other issues that developed afterwards, some psychological and emotional issues that he was dealing with. And we were able to get him a pretty nice settlement um, after a couple of years. And that was great. And what really helped in his case is that his long-term disability insurer was, in fact, paying him while he was off. And so we settled his claim a little while back, and that was great. And I always say to my clients when we're done, I say, I hope I don't see you again. Right. And that isn't meant, you know, because I, I don't like my clients, I sure do. It's meant because if they, have to co- if they have to call me again, it means that there's another problem. And so sure enough, I did hear from this gentleman. And what had happened, you know, not surprising, his LTD at some point said, okay, we're not going to pay you yep. anymore. And what they'd actually told him is that they were going to cut him off at the end of November. So he gave me a call. It hasn't been cut off quite yet. Uh, but he gave me a call and let me know what was happening. And in fact, they had tried to uh, force him to a, a return to work program, which he tried to do, wasn't able to do because he still has significant back pain, neck pain, still suffering from psychological and emotional issues. And so he gave me a call, which is what you do. You know, when your insurance company tells you that they're going to cut you off, call us right away. Don't wait until they stop actually right. paying you. Um, the longer you wait, the longer it takes for us to give you our opinion and to start the claim. And the sooner you start a claim, the sooner you get it resolved, and that's money in your pocket. So there isn't any benefit in waiting to talk to us. Talk to us right away as soon as they tell you. And sometimes you can bridge the cutoff. So in other words, that you get a hold of you soon enough, you can be proactive on it, and then you don't get a cutoff. There's no downtime, right? Yeah, I mean, we've done that before with cases, yeah. and that's what we tell people. If you are told you're going to get cut off in the future, don't wait until you're cut off. Uh, you know, it, it, we can help you. We right. can help you now. Um, you know, you bury your head in the sand, and you do that at your own risk, at your cool. own peril. Go for it. What else All right, got, so man? we have another interesting one. And talking about former clients, uh, th- this is someone from Ottawa, uh, one of our lawyers there in Ottawa, uh, an employment lawyer who helped uh, this lady with her employment matter when mm-hmm. she was let go. 
uh, was involved in a fairly bad car accident. And I saw a picture of the wreckage. Holy cow. It's something you see in Hollywood, I think. I don't know how she survived. And uh, our lawyer there, his name is Kyle, uh, got an email from the husband. And here's the email that he got. Uh, He he says, uh, uh, Paula, which is the lady, was in a head-on accident. We're just wondering if you or another lawyer would advise. The other driver is being charged. He crossed the center line, and Paula has a bruised kidney, fractured foot, hand, and knee, broken nose, and a gash on one side of her nose, and numerous other cuts and punctures. Lucky to have her alive. She's going for surgery tomorrow for her neck that that, that needs pins and screws, uh, and then the foot and the knee will be reconstructed. Just looking for a quick email as to what you think. So, of course, he put us in touch with me and James. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be able to help her. But, you know, just hammering the point that a lot of people who contact us, contact us because we've already helped them Mm -hmm. or their family members or their friends in the past. So quality is extremely important to us, right? Referrals are extremely important to us. That's huge, right? I mean, we, we, we try and do our best to help people and hope that they will not come to us again, as Jane mentioned, not because we don't like them, but because, you know, it means that they're in trouble. But certainly what we do hope as well is that they'll tell others. And that's one of the reasons we do this show is because we want to make sure that people out there who are listening, you know, everyone has a circle of friends, circle, you know, family members, acquaintances. Make sure you get the word out. People don't need to be blind to what their rights are under the law when they're injured in severe accidents or when they're dealing with insurance companies. one 990 You want to add something, James? Yeah, I mean, it's free. You call us. Right. There's no risk to it. That's right. You have nothing to lose whatsoever. Um, you have everything to gain. And, you know, if there's something to be done, we'll let you know. Your emails are help and uh, pardon me, help at the insurance lawyer.ca. I just gave you the phone number. We'll get to the injury calculator after a short break and dive right back into uh, the more of the show. The Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number. Help at the insurance lawyer.ca. Uh, that's the email right there. You can use that anytime to get a hold of Savan and his team. Let's get into this before we get to a question. That is the injury calculator. Okay, that's a fantastic tool. We've been dealing uh, and talking about it for the last few years. It's an online free um, tool that allows you to quickly calculate how much pain and suffering damages, the dollar value of your injury. Um, If somebody else was at fault and you start a legal claim, what can you expect? You know, people call us, they email us, they say, listen, I broke my foot, I hurt my back, I got a concussion. Uh, you know, what can I be looking at? It's the other side's fault. You know, I was rear-ended by a car, I, I, you know, fell on ice. So, of course, we're going to have to assess the degree of fault, right? That factors in. But if you want to know, uh, without talking to us, what is the dollar value under Canadian law for those various injuries or get an idea of what it could be, go to the Injury Calculator website. What it is, it's a database of cases from across the country. And it'll take you 15 seconds to just input a few uh, key pieces of information, such as the type of injury you have, the severity. So let's say, for example, you know, you, you fractured your, your uh, uh, knee. Mm-hmm. Did you have surgery? Yes. Are you having chronic pain? Yes. If you go on the calculator uh, and you input this information, it's going to scan through the database of cases across the country where people have gone all the way to trial and judges have given opinions on the amounts that those people right. were getting uh, or going to get for their pain and suffering. And it tells you, here's the range. Here's the range of, according to the Canadian cases that we've reviewed, here's what you can expect to get. Again, remember, it's a starting point. That's not to say that if you start a claim, you're going to get that. And in fact, you can have an injury where the calculator tells you you could get, let's say, forty to $50,000 for this broken foot, 
but maybe now you can't work or you, your ability to work has been decreased such that you're losing, let's say, $10,000 a year because you can't go to the factory and work right. overtime. Well, you know, there's a lot more to each case. And this is why at the end of the calculator, you can press the submit for consultation button. It comes to us and then we have a chat. If you don't want to do that and you just want to get a, you know, a quick idea of your damages for pain and suffering, then just uh, go through the calculator and don't press the submit button. But you can contact us at the end. Got to a question here. Can someone uh, on LTD change doctors if they don't think that their current doctor is helping them? Will it hurt the legal case at all? You can definitely change doctors. Uh, There's going to be questions as to why you did that, right, throughout the legal claim. Uh, But absolutely, I mean, listen, not every doctor is, uh, sorry, not every doctor out there uh, is is, uh, the same. Uh, And I've had many cases where people have, you know, been very frustrated, you know, whether it's a family doctor or a specialist. And, And, you know, conversely, I've had cases where people were just in awe of their doctors. They're saying, you know, every time I go there, you know, for half an hour, I talk to my doctor. Well, what do you do if your doctor is not helping you? What do you do if you feel you're not getting the proper treatments or the doctor is not being aggressive enough in treating your injury? You absolutely have a right uh, to switch doctors. And in fact, you should do what you think is best for you and let us deal with the legal ramification if there are any. And you know that's not to say that there will be any, uh, but absolutely you're entitled to switch doctors. Because, because uh, yeah, because I mean the insurance company is probably going to send you to see their doctor anyway, which is a different opinion. So sure, I mean this is something that I talk to every single one of my clients about because there is a hesitation um, if you haven't been involved in a legal claim before about starting that process, and people are worried that all of a sudden their entire life is going to be dictated by this legal claim that they've started. But that's not true. Uh, we understand that you have to live your life and you have to make the decisions and choices that are best for you. And mm-hmm. certainly, first and foremost, you have to make the decisions that are going to help you recover. You have to make sure that you are seeing the right doctors, doctors that are helping you. And if you need to make a change because you're not getting the proper treatment that you should be getting and you have to go see another doctor, then go see another doctor. You know, th- Certainly, starting a legal claim is not a reason to um, you know, get lesser treatment. Um, you have to do what you have to do, and we can deal with any consequences that might come out of that, if any. We'll get to a, a quick email here. we got a couple minutes before we break. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Laura writes in, says, My husband and I were in a car crash last month in the highway close to Ottawa. I uh, strained my neck, and my husband, who was the passenger, hit his left knee on the dash and was told he'll need surgery. We were uh, rear-ended, and the police charged the other driver. My husband works in construction. I'm a nurse. We both haven't been able to go back to work. I'm just wondering if we should speak with you about a claim against the other driver. We have a paralegal handling our accident benefits. What do you guys think? Well, the first thing I would note is it sounds um, like there is absolutely a legal claim there against the other driver uh, based on the information that Laura has provided us uh, with the other driver being charged uh, and given the severity of the injuries, uh, there's certainly the basis for a very good claim. The part that really sticks out to me, though, is that uh, Laura and her husband have, uh, they're with a paralegal right now for their accident benefits. So a paralegal can only handle the accident benefits. They can't handle the legal claim. But there are reasons why you might consider moving your accident benefits um, to us, to a lawyer, um, as opposed to keeping them with the paralegal. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, first of all, it makes a lot of sense to have the legal claim and the accident benefits being handled by the same person. There is a lot of interaction between how the benefits work and how the legal claim works. And if two different people are handling it, um, they could be at cross purposes at times. The other reason is because you know, wh- whereas a paralegal 
is only handling the accident benefits and thus they are only able to make money off of your accident benefits. That's not true in our case. Um, you know, we have a retainer with our clients that's for the legal claim. And so um, that dictates how the money is divided, but we don't charge our clients anything for accident benefits as long as they have a legal claim and as long as the insurer is paying their benefits without disputing them. So to walk that back a little bit, because this is important, if the insurance company is paying your accident benefits after a car accident, we're not going to take anything from that. A paralegal will. Um, so if they're paying your medical and rehab and your income replacement benefits, we don't charge anything. If they cut you off down the road and we have to dispute it, then of course there's going to be a charge for that. But as long as they are paying your benefits and all we are doing is submitting the paperwork but they're approving it, then that's fine. There's no charge cool. for that. So yeah, there's definitely a reason to talk to us, certainly for the legal claim, um, but I would also suggest for the accident benefits as well. The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Again, the email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And as Savannah mentioned earlier off the top of this uh, the segment, injurycalculator.ca as well to find out your pain and suffering amounts. The number should be. It's a quick metric. Run you right through there and you can contact uh, the fellows at the bottom if you so wish. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM640. one 990 is the number you want to call right down and keep with you to get a hold of Savan's team at the firm. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca is the email as well. Questions, got lots of them for you. They come in, uh, I have them, and you know, our listeners have them as well. So how do you counter the insurance doctor's opinion uh, that a person's not disabled? Uh, I mean, you must see this a lot. They send you to see their own doctors and so on, right? Yeah, we see this all the time. So there are a lot of things that we can do. The first thing, of course, is you have to read what their doctor is saying very carefully. We want to look at not only what their final conclusion is, but the basis for that conclusion. We want to see, first of all, what assumptions they're making and what is the foundation of their opinion. What have they read or what information are they relying on in order to get to that conclusion? Because a lot of times they either don't have the full file or they're basing it on incomplete information or incorrect information. And any of those things is a very good basis to challenge whether the, the opinion is in fact correct. Um, we also want to know whether or not they've actually taken a look at a job description, which is critical when you're talking about a disability case, particularly in the first couple of years. They haven't considered how this person's impairments um, would, uh, would impact their ability to do the job, then it's really not a complete uh, complete opinion. If they're just generalizing about a person's ability to work without looking at these specific job requirements, then what's the value of that opinion? Not very right. much. But putting all of that aside, the real way that we can uh, really come at an insur insurance doctor's opinion is with a better doctor. Um, they typically will rely on either a family doctor if it's a physical complaint um, or a psychologist if it's a psychological or emotional or cognitive complaint. Um, and they're you know, typically not going to be the best doctors in the world, um, which doesn't mean that they're not qualified to do it. Sometimes they are. Sometimes it's a little bit more questionable. Right. Uh, but you know, they, you know, they have this gig with the insurance companies that's paying the bills for them, but these are not the people that are the top in their field. We get the doctors that are top in their field to comment on our cases. We want to know from the best out there what the real story is. We want to know whether there's a legitimate claim here. And when we get that opinion from our doctors, we know that we have a very strong basis going forward. And if we have that opinion, I don't care what the insurance doctor is saying at that point. Right. I know that what my doctor is saying is going to be perfect. You can trump it, yeah. 
By the way, um, in, another point here. Uh, we've had cases, both James and I, and I'm sure many lawyers who do what we do have had those as well, where uh, we've gone to uh, the legal databases and we've searched the names of the doctors that the insurance companies are relying on. And, you know, some of them, uh, you know, judges have reprimanded. Judges have said, you know, we, we don't accept this expert's evidence because they're biased. Because, you know, out of the last 20 cases, all the, all, you know, in, in, in all these instances, they've, they've uh, uh, specifically um, uh, represented insurance companies or right. testified for insurance companies. Or sometimes, you know, there are issues with how they've uh, arrived at their opinions. So, again, you know, we do this background search. And, you know, we hit back. It's just that simple. We hit back with full force against the insurance company and their doctors to support our client's claim. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca is the email. Dan writes in and says, my nephew uh, had a bad fall two years ago and has had multiple surgeries uh, to his back. He is paralyzed from the waist down. He applied for insurance proceeds of $290,000 available through his father's work insurance policy, but they, uh, they denied the claim because they say he isn't disabled enough. Uh, we're flabbergasted. Absolutely, he'll uh, he'll never walk again. Can you help? Well, first of all, Dan, thank you for emailing us again. It's a, it's an example of someone who's looking out for a family member or someone else who's experiencing the issue. Uh, you know, as it happened, and if you listen back a few months back to some of the shows we've done, yeah, I've actually had a client yep. recently this year that had the exact same case. I can't go into too much detail. In fact, I can't go into any detail in terms of any resolution because it did resolve because of confidentiality uh, reasons. Uh, but, you know, just go and Google my name, Sivan uh, Markin, and yeah. National Post, yeah. right? It was There was a story in the National Post. There was a story uh, on CBC. Uh, the, the My client's name was Mitch Murphy. And just Google it. And you know, this is not unusual. Insurance companies will take oftentimes these ludicrous positions mm-hmm. And, you know, we hit back. Again, just like I said last time on the other question you had, uh, we, we hit back. Uh, these kinds of policies are, are called, incidentally, they're called accidental death and dismember- dismemberment insurance. Uh, they are common. Uh, a lot of people actually don't know that they have them mm-hmm. uh, when family members suffer catastrophic injuries, but you do have them. And if you experience any issues whatsoever, with these kinds of policies, give us a call, email us, let us take a look at the documentation and give you your options. More questions and emails coming up in, uh, in about a moment here. one 990 9646 the number help at Back in a moment, the Insurance Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. one 990 9646 the number help at is the email address. For you, James, uh, people on short-term or long-term disability, how often should they visit their doctor to convince and ensure that they are, in fact, disabled? Well, I think the answer to this question really has little to do with convincing the insurer that you're disabled. I think the answer is... Um, how often should you be visiting your doctor in order to make sure that you're getting the proper treatment? Right. Now, having said that, um, you know there are people that have very stable conditions that cause an impairment, but it's not changing, and so they don't necessarily need uh, to see their doctor on a weekly or monthly basis. Um, but even then, you know, in that kind of case, if you have a stable condition, I would say you want to make sure that you're seeing your doctor at least every three or four months if you have an ongoing impairment um, and disability claim. But otherwise, um, by all means, you know, you want to see your doctor as frequently as you need to. It doesn't mean you have to see your doctor every week. And, you know, your doctor has a job to do, too. And you don't want your doctor to be inundated um, with your claim. You don't want your doctor saying, oh, no, not this guy again. Hi, it's me. I'm back. 
But having said that, you know, if you have a condition that requires regular yep. monitoring, then then do it as often as you need to. It's as simple as that. The only thing that I would add here is that it, you know it doesn't look good uh, when, particularly when you have a, a treating specialist, let's say a psychologist or whoever else you're seeing, and you know when we get their records, uh, you know we see fifty percent of the time that you've missed appointments. Okay, this is just a side note here. You want to make sure that, you know, to the extent you can, you don't miss appointments yeah. because if you have too many of these missed appointments, optically, it just For looks sure. bad. Yeah, I guess and he doesn't need to go. It doesn't need to go, or yeah. maybe there is, you know, maybe it's, he's not as injured or not as disabled yeah. as he says or she says that they are. So just be yeah. cognizant of that. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Jessica writes in, says, I'm on LTD and applied for CPP disability. I was denied and was invited to appeal the CPP denial. Should I bother appealing? Uh, my my take is yes, you should. In this uh, case, because it's CPP. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, remember, uh, CPP disability is something that uh, it's governmental. Okay, LTD is not through the government; it's a private plan, and you know most LTD policies out there will have a provision in the policy that obligates you if you are an LTD, to apply sure. for CPP. Why? Because the insurance company gets a deduction from whatever you get from CPP disability. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting $2,000 a month from LTD and you've just qualified for $1,000 a month from CPP, well, you're not getting two plus one. No. You're getting one and one. One and one, so $2,000. But here's the reason why you should uh, appeal a denial of a CPP uh, um, uh, benefit denial. Uh, the reason is this. Uh, th- there was there was a Toronto Star article, I think, a few months back that showed that there was a large percentage of people who had appealed in a CPP denial and actually got approved through the appeals process. So by appealing, uh, you could potentially end up uh, getting approved for CPP. It could bear fruit, possibly. Exactly. Wow. And, and why that's important? Because it decreases the chances uh, of you being cut off down the road from LTD. Why? Because LTD then sees that CPP had approved you Right, CPP now takes the position that you are disabled. It's less likely. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. It happens a lot, but it's less likely that the LTD insurer will say, "Well, you're not disabled." And if they do that, well, then and we file a claim. We argue. We say, "Listen, CPP, the government, government says has deemed this person disabled." Yep. Exactly. Plus, it's it's a it's an alternate revenue uh, source for you, right? It's an income source that is not dependent on LTD. So if you are cut off or denied LTD at some point later on, well, CPP continues to pay you. And that's good because while we're fighting the LTD insurer, mm-hmm. you're still getting some money in. So, you know, in the aggregate, it's a good idea to appeal a CPP denial. It's not that difficult. We can help you with that, particularly, yep. particularly in the context of an LTD claim, uh, but it's a good idea. What do you think, James? I, I just want to emphasize that while I would absolutely agree that appealing a CPP disability denial um, is in the best interest if you're denied. Um, There's a big distinction between a CPP disability appeal and an appeal of an LTD denial. An LTD denial um, appealing is useless. Um, It's just not going to get you anywhere and it's going to drag things on. CPP is a whole other ballgame. That's actually very, very true, and it's very important. We said it many times. Call you guys do before not you start appealing yeah. to your insurance if, company. If LTD, yeah. Exactly, because if LTD is cutting you off or denying, you're, this, the chances of success are, let's just say, again, anecdotally. Slim and none. They're, they're not the best. <laughs> right. They're not the best. Yeah. one 9646 is the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked this one out as well, mydisabilityquestions.com. There's a drop-down menu. You can ask your question, and uh, Savannah and his team get back to them 
really quickly, so take advantage of that. More of the Insurance Injury Law Show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Question for you. Uh, I'll throw this one to you, Savannah. So uh, what happens? Uh, give it to me. You start a legal claim for long-term disability. What's the process? Okay, so what happens is that uh, we review the medical documents that you've given us or that we get from your doctors. Uh, so we start the legal claim. Uh, it's an actual document, a court document that we file. And once we serve that on the insurance companies, they have a deadline by which they have to respond to it. And they have anywhere from 20 to 30 days, although generally they ask for a bit of an extension. And really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to press them. Once we start the legal claim, now, figuratively speaking, there is a gun to their head. Now there is going to be a defense lawyer that's hired who's going to have to deal with this, and you adjuster most likely who's going to deal with the claim. So what happens next? Well, I'll tell you, typically what happens is we get the defense from the insurance company and we pick up the phone or we send a quick email to the other lawyer saying, would you like to mediate this claim? And lo and behold, in the majority of instances, the lawyer writes back, yes, we would love to. Well, they don't say it like that, but they say, yes, we, we are interested or I'm going to get instructions from my client, from the adjuster to mediate this. And so a few months down the road or whenever it is we schedule it, we go to a mediation yep. and we resolve the claim. Not every claim goes through this process. Some of them are a bit different. Some of them have some extra steps. Every case is different, right? Just because every person is different, every disability is different, etc. Uh, but generally speaking, we get these kinds of claims resolved fairly quickly. Uh, it doesn't, it should not be taking years and years and years unless you have, you know, really unforeseen circumstances or the case is complex. Again, every case is different, but generally speaking, we start the claim, get a defense, go to a mediation and resolve the claim. Everyone has to agree to it, right. okay? Yeah. When you go to a mediation, it's not as though we are, we're going to make a demands, there's going to be negotiations, the sure. other side pushes back. But at the end of the day, in the majority of these claims, people are interested in getting the compensation they deserve. Insurance companies are interested in, minimi- yeah, in minimizing yeah. how much they're going to pay their lawyers and this claim down the road. Yeah. So everyone has an incentive to try and resolve the claim. We'll wrap it up with, uh, with an email today uh, from Ben writes in from uh, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. I'm on long-term disability and recently went to the insurance doctor who apparently told the insurer that my limitations should not prevent me from working. My doctors disagree. What can I do? I'm afraid that I'll get cut off LTD now. Well, the first thing, Ben, that you want to do is give us a call. Um, I'd like to see what uh, w- what the insurance company has done to date. And certainly if the insurance doctor gives an, a, a written opinion, I, w- I want to take a look at that. If you're correct, if the insurance doctor has given a negative opinion to the insurance company and they suggest that they're going to cut you off, um, certainly uh, a, a letter from my firm um, saying that we'd like a full copy of the file as a preliminary matter often goes a very long way to having them reconsider what they want to do with the claim. Um, you'd be surprised how frequently just a simple letter requesting documents will alert them to the fact that maybe they want to take another look. Yeah. Um, but saving that, if they don't find religion very quickly, um, exactly what Savan was just talking about would come into play. So if they do wind up cutting you off, then we would issue a claim. And as soon as possible, once we get the defense, we're going to ask to come to mediation. And that takes it out of the adjuster's hands. It puts it in the hands of a defense lawyer. And then the calculus is very different for the insurance company. And speaking of taking out of hands, we should, but we have mentioned this in a few shows as well. Once somebody starts a claim with you guys in your firm, 
It's peace and quiet on their phone. Absolutely. Right. We're the ones dealing with the other side. Yeah. You're no longer going to get any calls or emails or letters. You can't. They're not allowed to communicate with you directly. And you know, John, it's funny. Oftentimes, that's really the selling point. That's yeah. what people actually ask us to intervene on their behalf because it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's frustrating. And and frankly, it, it actually makes their their health. It, it, it deteriorates. Just, deteriorates. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. So by us representing you, you, you are no longer going to be dealing with the adjuster. That is a promise. And Don writes in, says, My sister has been suffering from fibromyalgia for years and managing at work. But earlier this year, after a fall on an icy sidewalk, she had a tremendous pain, hasn't been able to go back to work. She was initially denied short-term disability, but then it was approved. And then the same insurance company died, uh, denied the long-term disability. She's already appealed, there we go, twice, was denied, big shock. She doesn't know what to do now, and I told her to call you. Can you help her? Yes, absolutely, we can help. And uh, thank you very much for reaching out, Don. You know, I, I always, um, it, it really bothers me when people, you know, in good faith try to appeal uh, an unfair decision, an unfair decision to deny a person the disability that they are entitled to under the law. Uh, and, and especially somebody like your sister who apparently has been dealing with with fibromyalgia, which is a legitimate medical condition. I know there's a lot of controversy about it, but it's legitimate. In fact, I think John, maybe Gaga, if I read the news, just canceled a whole bunch of concerts yep. or a concert or something because of exactly that condition. And, and you know, Don, you're saying your sister used to manage it to work despite that, but she had that fall. So, you know, other than the LTD issue here, which, you know, sorry, the STD issue here, disability issue that we can help her with, uh, there is also a potential claim for negligence against whoever was responsible for uh, the icy sidewalk. Now, if it's a municipality, uh, I really hope that uh, the municipality was placed on notice of a claim. Remember, if you fall on a on a on a uh, on an icy sidewalk uh, that the city is responsible for, under the municipal act, you have mm. ten yep. days to notify them in writing. The city clerk. Make sure you do that. I hope she took photographs of the area. My point is there are two issues here that we're dealing with, Don. One is the slip and fall, which could be a significant claim in itself because as a result of that, she now has a flare-up of her pre-existing condition uh, for which now she has issues working, as well as the disability claim for which she now appealed several times unsuccessfully. We can help with both of them. And one thing to remember is that oftentimes you have injuries caused by someone's negligence and you know, you're know you focusing either on the injury, in other words, the actual uh, uh, legal claim for the negligence and not on the disability claim. And some, sometimes, Don, you focus on the disability claim, but you don't really focus yeah. on, on the, the slip and fall or the negligence. And you know, there is an interaction between them because there's different laws that apply. The claim for slip and fall here could be negligence, whereas the claim against the insurance company for the denial of the shortened disability isn't contract law. So it's really, you know, the important thing is to go to someone, to a lawyer, to a law firm that really deals with all these issues. And that's one of the things that we do. We deal with all of these issues as well as with employment issues. Because eventually, Don, your sister may have issues at work. And that's when I'm going to tap one of the employment lawyers, one of my partners at the firm, who are going to give you advice or your sister advice about what to do with work. So very, very important that I do get in touch with your sister. She can email me. She can call me. You know, we always joke about the fact that if you email me at 4 in the morning, you're going to get an email back at 4.01. 
so you're not going to have an issue there. And I can tell you right now, at the absolute very least, Don, your sister is going to come out of this with a lot more information. She's going to be a lot more confident about her legal options. And then she and you can discuss how she should proceed. About a minute to go here. I'll just ask you this quickly because you've been on both sides. Are some LTD insurers better to deal with than others? Does it change the way you deal with them or no? Uh, some some adjusters are better than others. Some lawyers are better than others. Absolutely. It doesn't alter completely my strategy. At the end of the day, my strategy is to maximize the compensation that my clients are entitled to under the law. But look, I mean, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's more reasonable, who's professional on both sides, whether it's on the defense or the plaintiff, it makes things go smoother, right? I've dealt with adjusters, with insurance companies, uh, with lawyers who are extremely difficult to deal with. And then I have to be extremely difficult with them. Nice. You know, the whole process for the lawyers is unpleasant. I try to keep my clients out of it. But for the most part, to be honest with you, people are reasonable, yeah. right? Adjusters understand that yep. this is what their, this is their business. It's like, yeah, exactly. And and the lawyers I deal with on a daily basis, for the most part, very professional. It's not like what you see in the movies, okay? Rarely, rarely, rarely do you end up in court. Most of these cases resolve fairly quickly with little to no stress to anyone, particularly to the clients. An email from uh, Lara says, my husband has been on long-term disability for over a year and uh, the adjuster is now pressuring him to start a return to work program. He doesn't feel ready and his doctor doesn't think he should do this yet. Uh, What do we do if his benefits are cut off because he can't comply with the return to work program? Well, first of all, Lara, um, I can tell you that you did the absolutely right thing here, which is contact us before the crisis arises. Uh, Now, uh, the, you know, insurance companies often try to press disabled individuals to go back to work, and they use different methods to do that. Sometimes uh, they outright tell you, if you don't try it, we're going to cut you off. And sometimes they, you know, suggest to you that it might not be wise uh, to disagree with what they're saying. Don't be afraid of that. It's a common tactic. Here's how you fight back. You make sure you provide an updated medical report from your doctor or your doctors, if you have multiple doctors, saying you are unable at present time to go back to work or to even try the return to work program, okay? That is the toughest, the biggest uh, shield you can possibly bring out to counter the insurance company's Mm -hmm. tactic of trying to force you back to work. And, and, you know, if that doesn't work and they tell you that, no, they don't care, they're going to cut you off, you call us, you email us immediately. Because guess what? Once we intercede, once we intervene here, first of all, we could potentially... Uh, avoid the cutoff by telling them that if they, in fact, proceed with it, they're going to get a claim on their desk the very next day. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if if they don't back off and they actually go through with the threat despite the new medical documents that you've provided, yeah. uh, we will start that claim very, very fast and we will be very aggressive in pursuing your legal entitlement. So, Lara, nothing to worry about. Let's chat off air, give you some more information about what needs to be done, but this is not uncommon. I think another really important point here, Laura, is you have to make sure that you are following your doctor's advice at all times, regardless of what your insurance company is saying. You have to do what's in your best interest. You have to take care of your own health. And even if that means that you have to start a legal claim because your insurance company cuts you off, you have to do that then. You can't go back to work if your doctors are saying don't go back. That's right. Good for another week, guys. The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six email as we close here. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of Savannah or James or the rest of the team. Injurycalculator.ca if you find out what your pain and suffering component of your claim should be. There's a uh, a very quick calculation, it takes about thirty seconds to go through the metric, and there's a uh, button at the bottom you can contact uh, Savannah there as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio AM six forty.